Good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome. To, what are you doing? I'm trying to welcome. put a hat on you. You can't see. It's okay. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome to church. I hope you like our masks. I hope you appreciate them. Um, we. Sounds like jingle. It's obviously, uh, yeah, obviously ugly sweater Sunday. But you know what? Shanna Kavloff was so kind. She made us ugly masks Sunday. Uh, so we're really thankful for that. I think it's very fitting for this year. It is very fitting this for yeah. this year. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, who needs yeah. sweaters when you've got masks? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I was at the store the other day, and I had this mask on just to try it out. And uh, the, one of the gals walked by. She stopped. She turned around and came back, and she looked at my mask. She goes, great mask. This just makes the year worth it. So that was nice. Uh, <coughs> really, yeah. really nice. So, and although I love them, I'm not sure you guys will be able to hear us if we wear them the whole time. So yeah. we're going to take them off now. So we're, we're going to take them off. Them. Absolutely. Yeah. So welcome to Ugly Sweater Sunday. If you're not familiar with this, what we do every year for the last bunch of years is we take your challenging questions on challenging topics uh, that we normally don't talk about in church, and then we endeavor to uh, we endeavor to discuss them and go over them together and answer some hard questions. And the reason why we do that is because, uh, man, like you know, we're all real people. I mean, if you if you look around, we're all strange. We've got moles and we've got you know bad hairlines and and. And, uh, the first you know, thing that goes to my, comes to mind when you say we're all weird. Know. We're just, we're just all got a little moles. strange. We've got different ideas about got stuff moles. and opinions on things. But here's the deal. The one thing that is never... Don't never, show us your pictures of your moles. Don't show us pictures of your moles. The, only, the huh. one thing that's never changing is God's never changing. He's uh, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we like to be able to um, find common points that we can tackle challenging issues with. And we want to be able to open up the conversation of challenging topics in the church. And the reason why is is so often throughout history, the church has been seen as as a group of people who n- just ignore the, the reality of what goes on in the world around us. Uh, but here, if we're, if we're Christians and we're going out into our community and being in the world, but not of the world, we also have to understand that there are real things that people really wrestle with and deal with. And there's questions that you probably have that you've wondered about and you've never felt okay asking a pastor or a minister or even talking about it uh, as, as it has to do with your faith and your your uh, Christian background. And so we want to open up the opportunity. So that's why we, we you know, every year we, we wear, we don our ugly sweaters and our interesting outfits um, to take the edge off the fact that sometimes we have to talk about tough things. Ours are just matching suits. And over the years, the bottom halves have become less and less like they fit. And so <laughs> <laughs> you get the upper halves, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this year is the same. It's like, okay, the jacket still fit. <laughs> my pants still fit. I don't have a problem I'm just with kidding. my pants. I can I just get the skirt to, on. I just want <laughs> I'm oh. not sure I'd want to sit in it. But oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's good. So, it's good times. But, before we get started, let's just open with a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together, and we thank you that you are great, and we thank you that you've got a sense of humor, and we thank you that you are creative and wild, and you have given us opportunity to also be creative and to ask questions and to ponder about things, and we thank you, Lord, that you have built that creativity into us uh, and given us opportunity to discuss and wonder and, uh, and and really dig into subject matter that's very interesting. And so, Lord, we just, first of all, we say that we want to make you the center of our lives and the center of our conversations. Uh, and we are excited to be able to uh, hold on to certain things firmly and just be very open-handed with other things. And, and we just trust you in this process and trust you in this journey as we discover some of these things together. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. Uh, let our hearts be open to experience your Holy Spirit this morning. And in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
It's good. So, hey, good morning, everybody. I mean, we're just watching all the we're watching all the welcomes come in on the on the screen here. Uh, let us know this morning where you're coming from. Uh, give us a big hello in the comment section. Thanks for joining, and don't forget. I saw a few pictures on the New Life oh, Church you? online. Did but you? They can't okay. come up here, so maybe you're right. That's okay. Yeah. Post. So, so fire your pictures of your ugly sweaters off to New Life Church online, and uh, we would love to see those. So. Yeah. It's we, great. Yeah. So this year we cut it down to a few questions, not 10. Yeah. Uh, because we have four. We have four questions, and we're going to endeavor to get through these four today. And they're pretty heavy questions. Like, they they might take a bit to, un to yeah, unpack. Yeah, there's a little bit unpacking. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, here's the, here's the thing, is never take anything we say for granted. I mean, we, we are people. Granted? Or sorry, never never take anything. Well, no, actually, we sh we sh they should take things we say seriously. Yes. Um, but but you really everything that we say and the opinions that opinions that we have, um, they are our own opinions. Um, yeah. We we've dug into them on our own when our, in our own discovery journeys. But we encourage you guys to get into the Word of God. Don't trust don't trust us for it. Get into the Bible. Read the Bible. Dig into the Word of God. Discover it. Take it apart. Learn from it. And don't just trust uh, a couple people telling you some stuff on a Sunday. We really want you guys to own your faith so get into the word and read it yourselves that's really good it's true i was going to actually say the same yeah. the same thing is that um this morning more than you know most sundays most sundays we really are taking scripture and really unpacking it mm -hmm. in a deep way this morning that we're we're going to back why we think what we think probably you know through scripture but uh, it is mostly our opinions on certain topics. Yeah, totally. And and you get just the two of us because of trying to space people out. It became more complicated to add yeah. anyone else. So usually you get more than the two of us. But this morning you get the two of us mm -hmm. um, on four difficult questions. But we do we do recognize that everyone has their different convictions on these questions. Yeah. And so we're just going to try and give you information to help you decide what your conviction is. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I think if you have a conviction on something, uh, don't take that lightly. God gives us conviction on certain things, uh, and that helps actually helps steer us. It keeps us from harm's way. Uh, it keeps us in check before him. It helps us to remember that we actually need to repent, uh, and we have to make sure that we are uh, releasing these things to the Lord and not going back to them. And remembering that your convictions might not be someone else's. Totally. That it's not your job to impose your convictions on someone else's. Yes. There are things that are very black and white in Scripture. And yes. when we, you know, when we preach and we discuss, we make those very clear. There yeah. are black and white issues. You know, Christ died for our sins. Absolutely. That yeah. is the only way to heaven. Absolutely. We like, have sinned and we need Jesus. We need Jesus. No question like there about are it. some absolutes in Scripture. And then there's some areas that are a bit more gray, and we have to unpack mm -hmm. them. And I really, truly believe that there isn't always a right answer for each, for every person. Yeah, I some think things sometimes, are cultural. Some things absolutely. are um, Your background, and and, yeah. and some things are God knows you intimately, yeah. and he knows what's, you know, what might be okay for, for someone else might not be okay for you because mm -hmm. he knows that you can't handle that. And mm -hmm. so there's just different, there's, there's different people of different convictions. And so although... You know, stick to your convictions. Just remember that everyone has their own convictions. Yeah, absolutely. And so we so? endeavor, we, with this whole thing, we just endeavor to explore these topics with you guys. Uh, but more than anything, more than anything, I hope this sparks an interest in you to help you know that your faith is real. Uh, your faith is actually relevant. It can be tangible. And you can go on a journey of faith and understanding God by reading his word. So I, again, I can't encourage you enough. Dig into the Bible. If you don't know where to start, crack open the New 
New Testament. Go to the book of John. Go to the book of James. Those are simple, short passages to read that will give you an understanding of the life and times of Christ. It will give you an understanding of the challenges that we face on a regular basis and how to deal with them. If you want some wisdom, go to Proverbs in the Old Testament. Uh, and I would encourage you to start reading some of these. If you're looking for some books to read over the Christmas break, read your Bible. Pick it up. Read a little bit at a time and let it soak in because that is where we find our answers to life from. And then after that, we depend on the Holy Spirit for guidance and direction in all the things that we do. Yeah, it's so, good. So on that. There we go. So on that, let's dig into question number one. I feel one. like maybe like in our sermon series for the next year, we should just tell everyone, we're just going to throw complete lies into our sermons every once in a while and just see if you pick them up. That's a bad idea. You think it's a bad idea? That's Probably a terrible bad idea. idea. Uh, because there's, always, that. there's but, always somebody out there like, well, the pastor said. I know. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> like, but uh, it would be funny. It would be funny just to like throw things in and see if anyone actually picks it up and comes back and says, hey, I looked up that fact, and that is not actually true. And I'd be like, great, you're listening. I hope so. That'd be I great. hope so. Anyways. So, uh, so this morning. Question number one. Yes. I'm not going to do, and I don't think James will either, we're not going to do citations like you'd get in science papers of here's yes. all of our resources. So if you want any of those, you'll have to message us and we will um, get them to you. But most of the information for some of the questions that we are giving you yeah. is backed by some research scientific uh, journals and papers that have been written on these topics. And so we're going to try and give you some of that. If you want to know where those came from, you can ask us later. Yeah, absolutely. We may not answer till after Christmas though. That's true. Yeah, that's okay. 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 So question number one. Question number one. I'm going to, you want me to read it? Um, sure. It's going to be up on your slides, I think, or probably on the screen you're going to see it. But here, here we go. We had a question come in. It was good, uh, but it's multi-tiered. So let's take a peek here. It says, God has a plan for my life. He chose me before I was born. And I believe this with all my heart. My question is this. When I make a big mess of things, and I have, how is that part of God's plan? Question mark. And does he have a plan A and a B, plan B and a plan C? And why did I get so far out of line? I understand free will, but I just want to understand how this thing works. So thank you for sending that question. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and so, yeah, Maria is going to tackle this, and I'm going to weigh in a little bit on this as well. And, and we, we also both have different opinions on this, but... Well, on. we kind of have different opinions. Overarchingly the same, yeah. but the nuances yeah. we have different. We do. We actually sat in our office, and it's funny. If if, if there was a camera in our office while we discussed ugly sweater Sundays, be a comedy show. I think it would be a comedy show because you would be surprised at how often we don't see eye to eye on these topics. Oh, yeah. And us wrestling through them, and Ben was in the office that day. And so he's sitting there, and he's like the referee between the two of us because oh. we both get kind of fiery when we and have opinions. And if you opinions. know Ben, he's a good referee because yeah, you just don't want to mess with him. Although he's like very quiet. He's just like, so guys, you know, you're saying almost the same thing. It's just like, yeah. Anyways, it's pretty funny. Side so, note, if you want a good chuckle, yeah. watch Ben ride a bicycle because it's like watching a Russian bear ride a bicycle at a circus. I took, <laughs> I took, him, I took him for a bicycle ride the other day just to try out some e-bikes. And, uh, and it was a special experience. Poor ben. But no, Ben's, he knows it. He can also lift a car. So He can know. lift a car. <laughs> I know. He's like a Russian bear. He can throw anyway. you, you better be careful. He can throw you across the room. Okay. Um, Carry on, Maria. Okay. Carry on. So uh, I'm, where am I going to start? I'm going to start by reading you just a whole bunch of passages of Scripture, and then I'm just going to unpack it a little because it's easier to read what the Bible says and then kind of explain where I've landed on this topic. Absolutely. Okay. So Proverbs 16, verse 9. Let's start there. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Let's move on. Um, there's so many passages that I could have read, so I'm just giving you a glimmer of some of them. Uh, Ephesians 2, 2 verse 10. 10. Or 2 verse 10, yeah. Yeah, I got it. 
For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us Mm -hmm. to do. Uh, Romans 8. Oh, that's Corinthians. Okay, we're going to go to Corinthians because that's the next one I have in here. Corinthians. Um, Where did I have it? Oh, it's not on that list. Oh, okay. Well, I had it here. Oh, there it is. I have it. It's okay. okay. Corinthians uh, 2, uh, verse 9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to jump into, there it is. Philippians Romans. 1. Nope, Romans. We're going to Romans. Okay. Oh, apparently. Hang on. You got this. I got this. Where's Romans. It's in the Bible. I know, but I thought Matthew, I had it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians. It's right in there. I know where it is. I had it, but I Galatians, had it marked. Ephesians, Ephesians, Philippians, I I Colossians, Stop First it. and Second Thessalonians. Um, you're not helping. I first thought Timothy, I had it marked. Second Timothy. Okay, you ready? Okay, go ahead. You're distracting everyone from listening to yeah, Scripture. No, they're learning the Bible. Romans 8, uh, verse 28. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And the last one I want to jump to is Matthew, which I think I just took my marker out of, but that's okay. Um, Matthew that's chapter... That's at the beginning of the New Testament. That's the first book of the New Testament. Thank you. Yeah, just Thank you for that. Just Do you know how hard it is to try and find scriptures when you got on your lap? Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. You're making me feel like I don't know my... B- I know. I know where the books of the Bible great, are. You're doing a great job. Somebody let Maria know she's doing a good job in the comments. Their, uh, their, their faith in me, being able to tell them what scripture says, is declining every time that they see you try and tell me where something is in the Bible. It's going to be good. It's good. It's great. Okay. You ready? Matthew 28, verses ni- uh, verse 19 and 20. This is the last thing that Jesus says before he ascends to heaven. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mm-hmm. So where do we start with this question about God's plan? And really what you're talking about is God's sovereignty over our free will. And where do those two meet? And how do you unpack those two? Yeah, totally. And so uh, what we see in scripture is that God does have a plan for our lives. It's clear that he has a plan. Here is where it becomes a bit more of a discussion is what is that plan? Mm. We see two different things through scripture. We see one, sometimes God has very specific things for specific people to do. Where he's really, really clear. You are to go here and you are to do this on this date. And here is the plan. Here is every step laid out in detail. What we also see is that God has a general plan for every Christian. And those aren't always the same for each person. And so what I mean by that is that some people have very specific things, mm-hmm. and some people, God gives them a little more freedom. And what he says is that as long as you're doing the commandment that I gave you at the end of the day, Carry which on. is to go on, make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them, to raise them up to know who I am. As long as you're doing that, I don't care how you do it. I don't care where you live. I don't care what your job is. I don't care, you know, really um, who you marry as long as you're making good decisions on who they are. You've looked through, you know, do they give the qualifications? Those things are less important. He's saying, I'm giving you freedom. I'm giving you wide boundaries around that to do uh, as long as you're doing what I commanded you to do. Yeah, I like to look at it as like a fish in water. So we have been created. We have been given an environment to live in. We've actually been given the guidelines, which is the shoreline of the lake. But as a fish, we have a perfect 
perfect place for us to be in, and that is in that water. We have infinite freedom within that lake to do whatever it is we choose, but the moment that we try to go beyond the borders of the appropriate things that God has given us, you know, the boundaries that he's given us, and we take a leap onto shore, well, certainly we perish rather quickly in an environment that we are not uh, built to last in, built to live in. And going outside of those healthy boundaries that God gives us can be quite dangerous. Yeah, it can. So there's two different things when you're talking about God's plan. In our in our uh, examples, in our, in our life, and most people we know, when God wants you to make a very specific decision and you were going before him and asking for wisdom, I didn't read that scripture this morning, but scripture also says, if you want wisdom, come before me and ask for it and I yeah. will give it to you. Yeah. And so if God is being specific about a decision, you better believe that he's going to make sure that that's clear to you. Absolutely. And so if there's like, if you're not, you know, if you're not getting clarity and you're thinking, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or one of two things, either if you're not feeling settled, you're not at peace, then just wait. Yeah. If, if you do have peace and you're like, I don't know, but I think this is what I want to do, then just do it. Maybe God's giving you the choice. He's saying, I don't care. As long as you love me and you're following me in the midst of it, you can make either one of those decisions and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. So God's plan sometimes in the church can get kind of muffled because people can almost end up with anxiety. Well, and be and very stagnant actually. Yeah, like stagnant, actually do nothing. Totally. Yeah, they become immovable and and filled with anxiety over making the wrong decision so they just don't make a decision. Sometimes God is giving you freedom and saying, use your own creativity, serve me in whatever capacity you want, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. If he has something specific, because I believe that he does sometimes, he will make that clear. Abundantly why, clear. Yeah. Why do we want to start there before we go into our mistakes and how God uses our mistakes and all of that stuff? Because it's really important that we have a good grasp on what God means when he says he has plans for us. Mm. Sometimes it's as simple as love love your family, love me, you know, love God, love people. Yeah. And that's as simple as it is. And yeah. he's okay as long as you're doing that. And the rest of your life, go for it. Yeah. So Enjoy. then we get into what does he do with our mistakes? Here's what God promises. He promises to remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. Yeah. But we're talking about eternity. On this earth, it does not mean that there won't be consequences for your actions. So true. So unfortunately, although God's forgiveness is there and he promises he'll give you that, you don't have to live under the shame and the guilt of your mistakes. You don't have to, um, you know, he promises peace. He promises joy. He promises comfort. It doesn't mean you won't have sorrow over things that you've done. Or you won't have real, co real life consequences. Real life consequences. <laughs> you know, it's like this. It's like uh, someone goes out and, and, and murders someone. The reality is that they could they could find God, they could ask for forgiveness, and God's going to forgive them. They're still going to go to jail. Yeah. They're still going to sit in jail for their lifetime. And they'll still... Apparently in Canada, that's only 25 years. I just found this out this it's year okay. that we it's don't okay. have that's longer That's a different than, topic for anyways, a different Sunday. I know. I was totally yeah. mortified by this. <laughs> but, um, but my point is is that there's still earthly consequences. They are forgiven yeah. and their their sin has been removed from them, but that's talking about eternity yeah. on this earth. Sometimes there's still consequences for our actions, which means that... If we have made mistakes, God forgives our mistakes. Yeah. And he, he wants us to, to accept that forgiveness, but there might still be earthly consequences for your mistake because people are relational and they may not have the same capacity for forgiveness that God might have. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, first, that's the first part. Mm -hmm. The second part of the scripture I read um, is, is that God promises to work all things for good for those who love him. Mm -hmm few things in that passage. All things for good doesn't mean all good for you. It just <laughs> means all things for good. 
And the second piece is for those who love him. When you choose to enter a relationship with God, you choose to surrender to him, you choose to love him and choose to follow him, what he says is he'll take all of your mess, all of the things that you've seen as mistakes, and he will use it for some kind of good. Mm-hmm. You still might not feel great about it. Absolutely. But he will use it for his good. Yeah. That is his promise in his word. So... Um, how do we rectify, though, if God has this plan and I've gone off that plan? Did he have plan A, plan B? I kind of see it like this, and this is where we, we differ a little. Um, I see it as you have a destination, you're hiking. Destination is the top of the mountain. I think of all the trails over by Dove Hill and Scatable Reach, and if you live in Castigar, all of those areas over there. There's a lot of trails that end on that same destination. But some of them take different routes. Some of them are harder. Some of them are easier. um, But they all take different routes. What I think of is that if God has a specific plan, again, sometimes that plan is bigger than we think it is. There's not as many boundaries as maybe we think there are. But if God has this plan for your life and you detour off that plan, what I believe is that God will always make ways to detour back on. He's always going to make trails that intersect that plan again. He's going to say, okay, you went that way. Here, you're going to come back. Here, you're going to come back. Because sometimes we see, we think it's going to be easier, but it's not. Yeah. And actually, I think it's important to, the reason why that's the case is that he, is, is God actually really loves you. He really loves you. And he desires to know you and he desires you to know him. And he desires that relationship to be fostered and to grow. Uh, and he really doesn't spare any expense when it comes to tapping you on the shoulder. Uh, and so sometimes we can go many wrong directions through many situations in our lives. Um, but he is faithful to get a hold of our hearts. And he'll do that. Uh, and the only person that can stop him is us when we choose to continue to run the other direction. Absolutely. So I think it's I think it's understanding that that you may go off of the path that God intended for you. Oh yeah. Right. You may go off of that path. A little bit off. He's he's always going to make ways to come back. He's always going to make ways to come back so that your destination will end up the same. Um, if you choose to never come back, though, you're not going to end up in the same destination. Right. Yeah. And so there's these pieces where, but he's going to make those ways to come back. So it is not something I think that we can understand. Here's the reason why we can't understand God's sovereignty and free will in its completion until we end up in, in heaven one day mm-hmm. is because we live in this thing called time. Yeah. So we live in a dimension called time. So we're looking at things as linear. We're looking at point A, point B, point C, point D, point E. There is this linear way to life. Whereas God lives outside of this dimension of time. Some of you probably have heard this example from me again, but I'll say, I'll say it really quickly. It, if, if you draw on a piece of paper a stick person, and that stick person lives in t- a two-dimensional world, and then you draw a line, and that stick person is walking in that two-dimensional world, and it hits that line, it assumes there's nothing past that line. It can't understand that all it needs to do is step over top of the line, and it can continue to go. All it sees is this two-dimensional world. We live in a three-dimensional world, which means we can see beyond what it can see. Mm -hmm. That is God with this construct of time. We only understand things in this, this linear fashion. We only understand things in the construct of time. God lives outside that construct yeah. of time. And so to understand what his sovereignty and our free will and how those intersect 
is beyond our understanding. It's actually what scripture would call the mysteries that we will never completely grasp mm-hmm. until we're with him one day. And I think that that is to remind us that we actually are not that great yeah. to humble us a bit, a bit and remember that God is the only one that understands all of these and we need to surrender to, to who he is. Do you yeah. have anything else you want to add to that? No, I agree. I think that's, I think that's uh, spot on. You agree? Oh, great. I do agree. Ooh, you know, and it, but it is spot on. It's true. The reality is, is that um, regardless of our, our mess ups and our, and our, you know, disasters that we bring to the, you know, that we bring to the party, uh, God's bigger than those things. And he can definitely use those things. And, and I actually like the fact that he can utilize our brokenness for the state of encouraging others, uh, helping others, but also seeing us grow. And I, I, Lord knows I have made many, many mistakes in my life. Uh, and I wonder sometimes no. where, 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 I'm not going to say you've made many mistakes. Oh, I have. I'm speaking about myself. I have. Um, I absolutely have. But what's amazing is that God is faithful to take my mess and my silliness and my deviations from uh, his heart for me. And he turns them around and uses them as opportunities to give testimony, opportunities to really understand what someone's going through when they're going through a state of brokenness. Uh, and he actually has taken these things that I thought were moments of destruction in my life. And through his grace, I've seen him turn them around and give them moments of hope where uh, you know, I get a chance to be a hopeful source for somebody else uh, because of my challenges. And, and I love the Lord for that because he's always faithful to use, use these things for the good, right? He's faithful to use these broken things for the good. And that is amazing. Yeah, so carry great. On. So we're going to move on now to question number two, uh, <laughs> which is all about uh, weed. Yeah. So do you want to unpack what the actual question was? Do you know what the question was? Uh, yeah, so here's the deal. Weed, can Christians consume it? Um, what's the big deal? And, uh, and I love this one. This is, again, carryover from last year. But can and should I tithe from my marijuana stocks and crops? First of all, let's start with answering the last question. Yes and yes. Okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, only partially Did kidding. Did we just hear God can take all things yes, and work them absolutely. together for good? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So we have a, a food program that we use to feed the needy in the community. Um, you know, many, like many, 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 many meals are prepared every single week, and they go out into the community. So if you want to get behind that and you're wondering how you can tithe from your marijuana stocks, uh, there you go. Well, let's be honest. It, it is, I mean, last year it was a bit more, when we tackled this first time, a little more difficult because it wasn't legal. It is legal now. And so the I reality... Was, I think it was legal last year. Whenever we tackled this the first time, Maybe I it was remember. two years ago. Maybe. I don't know. Um, the reality is that it is, even if it, it is a legal business now, so so whether or not what we think about the business, yes, you can totally tithe off of your Yeah, and your if you're business. concerned about how many pot shops we've got in Castlegar, you can write the city councilor and uh, um, ask questions about that. But uh, That is an unfair statement I'm in, sorry, this, in this context because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to say. That's right, that's right. We, we won't talk about that. But what we will talk about is weed. We're talking about weed. And so here's the deal. Can Christians consume it? What's the big deal? Uh, and can and should I tithe from the stocks and crops? So... Um, Okay, let's look at a couple of things first. I think, first of all, it's always important to make sure that you've got appropriate information as we are also going to tackle in other subjects and these other questions. We want appropriate information. We want to be able to look at what is what is the truth, what's actually going on here, and have some understanding for it. So uh, let's talk about a couple pieces of marijuana. We've got CBD and we've got THC, okay? Uh, and CBD is the portion that we find derived from hemp or also sometimes marijuana, and that is used for medical situations, medical purposes. And there's actually... Uh, 
um, very positive medical effects from using CBD um, for things like pain, things like sleep disorder, things like reducing anxiety and depression, all those types of things, um, actually uh, uh, positively affecting the, uh, the challenges that many face from going through cancer treatments. Now, it doesn't reduce or eliminate cancer. It, it reduces the effects that some people face when they experience cancer treatments. Yeah, as, as, as well as other types of aches and pains, um, inflammation issues, these sorts of things. This comes from the medical portion that we derive from. Uh, hemp or marijuana. Yeah, usually it's in some kind of oil form or something yeah. similar to that. Think of it as um, as medication that a doctor would prescribe because it is very similar to things like, uh, you know, if if oxycodone that they're giving you that because Opiates of severe pain, yep. T3s that they're giving you that for uh, sleeping medications that they're giving you. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's on that same kind of level. It's got the same properties. Most of you probably know that most of those other things I listed also originated from plant products, mm -hmm. and we have manufactured them to use them as pain meds. So, Absolutely. So that's the part of the plant that does that. Yeah. So then there's the other side of it, right, which is the THC. And so these things usually uh, get confused or they get intermingled or there isn't really a good differ differentiation between the two. Often what we uh, see expressed uh, in concern is that if I'm consuming marijuana products, I'm just going to get high. Or if I'm consuming these products, um, you know, am I doing something that's against God? or if I'm consuming these products, am I just going to get all messed up and have all sorts of problems? Well, there again, there's two portions that we have to look at here. There's a CBD, which is the medical um, portion that has the medical benefits, and there's a THC portion, which is actually the narcotic portion of it as well. And we, we can see effects. It's a psychedelic. It's a psychedelic, yeah, it's a psychedelic exactly. Psychedelic and we can see the effects it. of these things. So let's look at some of these things, right? So when it comes to marijuana, the a couple major things that we see coming out of that, and these are these are medical issues. These are proven things. These aren't just sort of like ideas that are out there. And if you want citations, you can communicate with us later for those. So we see uh, schizophrenia and psychosis increasing drastically with the consumption of marijuana between the ages of 16 to 25. This is pretty profound stuff. We also see memory loss and ability to retain memory um, d diminish tremendously up to uh, around eight IQ points. It's pretty significant. Uh, we also see mental health conditions uh, that are amplified with the consumption of THC. And new studies also show that there is an addictive component with cannabis products that contain higher than safe levels of THC in them. Uh, and health officials recognize that a safe amount per dose is actually under one milligram. And so it's, you know, again, more information for you to take home with you. Um, always smoking, uh, or as always, smoking, no matter what, is harmful for your lungs and it's not good for these old things in your chest. You kind of need them because air is important. Uh, you can't go too long without it. So uh, some of the other effects that we see from THC are this. Altered senses, uh, for example, is you're going to see brighter colors. We've all seen uh, the character, characters in movies or Cheech and Chong and all those sorts of things uh, where everybody's like, whoa, like totally blown away. Having that psychedelic experience, well, that's what we see from THC. So an altered sense of time. Time tends, tends to slow down. Uh, there's changes in moods. There's impaired body movements. Difficulty with thinking and problem solving. Uh, we all have experienced that, right? I mean, some of you are watching, you're not from the Kootenays. I have an experience. No, no, I'm not talking about like experiencing personally. Oh, okay. But, uh, okay. but you know, we're, you're, I just thought you should clarify that oh, yeah, we go, we've yeah. all experienced. Okay. So we're from the Kootenays. We've all we've all seen it growing up. We've been around it pretty often, more more than most places in our country. Uh, and so you see these things, right? Uh, oh, there's a stoner, or the guys, you know, all super paranoid. Um, so I was on that. I was actually shocked.
shocked that that when I moved somewhere that was um, a bit more of a Bible Belt place, um, Manitoba. Um, I was surprised at how naive people were to some of these things because again, growing up around here, even though I grew up a Christian, you just you're just exposed to this stuff, yeah. and so um, it, it was amazing to me that that there's people who had never seen people or had interactions with people, and yeah. some of the things they thought, I was like, oh wow, that's yeah. interesting, super interesting, and being like a, a naive prairie boy coming this direction was quite an eye opener for me as well. Um, so we see like you know other other side effects are hallucinations, delusions when taken in high dosages, as well as again like I said earlier psychosis, um, which uh, is a risk with uh, actually one of the highest risks that you'll see. Uh, and and what's interesting is that science shows that psychosis, um, even though it is an event that can occur from high dosages or high use consumption, uh, it's not always something that can be reversed and it can stick with an individual for a long time or perhaps their entire lives, which is again, these are some of the challenges that we see with these things. Now, I, I think it's really, really important to echo some of these things across other subjects, right? So we've seen opiate uh, prescription. Um, we, the reason why we've seen opiate prescription nosedive is because the, um, the profound negative effects of opiate use and opiate addiction and opiate abuse um, are, are rampant. And so, you know, you can't, gone to the days where you can just go into your doctor and get a, uh, you know, a prescription for Oxy or Percocets or Hydromorph or anything and just keep on going with it all day long, every day. The, um, the reuse effects are, are, sorry, the reuse of it over and over again or the addictive nature is profound stuff. Uh, and so, you know, that's a real challenge and that is a, a safe product that we've seen distributed by our medical system for a long time. The other thing that we see are you know, alcohol use. There's alcohol use that um, can be safe and consumed in a safe environment. And then there's also dangerous alcohol consumption that can have very lasting effects uh, and cause all sorts of grief. Now, we see something very interesting uh, regarding alcohol consumption that I just want to draw from in the Bible. And it says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, 23. Oh, there we go. Thanks, honey. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. It says this. Stop drinking only water and use a little bit of wine uh, for, because of your stomach uh, and your frequent illnesses. So I'm going to read that again real quick. Um, it says, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. So interesting. So we're seeing a representation in the Bible culturally in that context that there, uh, there are people that are really struggling with this and they're, you know, maybe concerned. Oh, what about being a drunkard? What about, um, you know, abusing, abusing this? Well, here's the, th here's the thing is if you're sick, there's medicine available to help you. Okay. So if you're sick and you're experiencing frequent illnesses like we see here, um, you know, calm down a little bit, have a little bit of wine to help with your stomach. And so uh, let's, let's draw from that and look at in this situation. There are actually very positive medical benefits to using CBD for medical purposes, uh, very positive ones. And over the years, I've walked many, many, many gentlemen in the community through opiate addiction and coming off of the, the high use of opiates. And, and these are Christian men, men who've gone to church, men who've been in the Christian community for a long time. Uh, and, and whether they know it or not, there was, or at the time, whether they knew it or not, they were building an addiction to using opiates, maybe from an injury or from significant pain or not able to sleep. And there's a dependency now that 
grows on these things. But because it was prescribed by a doctor, everything seems to be fine, and there isn't that correlation that maybe this is not good for me. And, and so we see the same thing with CBD usage or marijuana usage for medical reasons. Um, you know, there are very, very insignificant side effects when it comes to CBD use. I'm not talking about the THC, I'm talking about the CBD use. There's very insignificant side effects that are actually far better for you in the long term than we see with opiate use. And I just want to draw from my own personal experience here. I, I watched my own grandfather um, quite crippled from different medications that he was given. I mean, I'm talking significantly crippled and having many, many, many side effects from opiate use, uh, opiate use for pain management, as well as other medications that just have to go along with that. You know, increase in diabetes, slowing down of your digestive system, uh, and then also just becoming more and more immune over time. And, and you know, as, as I watched him go through this journey of getting help in his 80s uh, and making a, an adjustment in his life, he started using CBD oil um, as a help, a as a medical help. And I watched my grandfather transition from someone who was scooter bound, sleeping in a chair every single night for many, many years because he couldn't lay down, uh, dealing with uh, hallucinations and dreams and just some challenges there. I watched a man transform from that into someone who was vibrant, has life back in his footsteps, is able to get around on his own, uh, out, of the, out of the scooter and able to move, and also not dealing with all the crazy effects of type 2 diabetes as well. And so I've watched with my own two eyes the positive effects of this, but I've also seen the negative effects where there is abuse and overconsumption of products that are super high in the THC or the psychedelic. So ultimately, can Christians consume it? That's the big question. And I, I, you know, I, this is what I truly think, and this is my own opinion, I believe that if you walk through this process healthily with your doctor, who, by the way, your doctor is far more knowledgeable than the guy down the street who's selling weed to you, uh, you know, walk through this process with your doctor, talk through it. Uh, you know, CBD has very positive effects for patients that are dealing with muscular issues, like, for example, muscular dystrophy, um, uh, uh, MS, uh, multiple sclerosis, and other issues. There are very positive and profound effects from, from walking through this appropriately and using it appropriately. And I would encourage you to go, start that journey with your doctor and go through that well. Don't just go down to the next dispensary and try something out. I would yeah. really encourage you to walk through this journey well. If you are seeking medical help for a medical condition, go through that with your doctor. Yeah, there is a need to do it with your doctor, and that's, yeah. that'll be the next question. It's because every uh, s strain of, of the... Um, of marijuana plant is different and they all work differently and so it's important to walk through that with your doctor that they are helping figure that process out mm -hmm. um, and then the piece comes into well what's the difference between you know consuming alcohol and recreational use and and weed on recreational use and everyone has different opinions on yeah. this here's where I would land scripture talks about us being sober-minded absolutely and so if something is taking away your ability to make the same decisions that you would make if you weren't in that circumstance then um, I would question whether or not that is actually being sober-minded. Yeah. God gave us an ability to make decisions, to rationalize, to do all those things. And if you're overstepping in any avenue of life yeah. where it is starting to impair that, you have gone out of the boundaries that we've talked about that God intends you to live in. Yeah, and that can actually be anything. That could be alcohol, that could be marijuana, that could be other drugs, that could be food. Uh, it could also be emotional things where we fill our lives with these things to, to quote-unquote get a high or distract ourselves from the reality of actually having to deal with issues. And so we don't want to encourage um, uh, basically a walking away from your responsibilities. We want to really encourage to be sober-minded, uh, seek the word of God, go and get some medical help from your doctors and walk through that process. Um, and if you have been struggling in the area of addiction, basically it comes down to the fact that 
you shouldn't be doing this. If you have an addictive personality, there's things that you should be walking away from or not indulging in because it's simply not good for you. Um, you might not be built to be able to handle those things. And so uh, let's explore different opportunities to work through these challenges. Great. Okay, we're going to move on because yeah. apparently we've only gone through two questions and we've already done half We got this. We got this. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, next question. Wow. Big question. Okay, I'm going to ask the question. Okay, ask the question. Okay, tough question. Really tough question, uh, but I think important to discuss. So the question came in is, are vaccines created from aborted babies? And if so, should anyone at all be back vaccinated? That is a challenging question. So first of all, I just want to say thank you for asking the question. Uh, second of all, yes, it is a super challenging question. Um, but again, we want to look at the facts and we want to um, not just rely on uh, social media medical information. So let's dig into what it says. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so there's a few things. I just want to give you some history, some background, and you can jump in if yep. I get any of it um, incorrect. So way back when they started creating some vaccines around the time of rubella was was quite um, prevalent in our world. There was, uh, all the scientists were coming together trying to create a vaccine for rubella. Mm -hmm. There was a mom at that time that aborted her baby because um, she had rubella and uh, had the fear that when her baby came out, it was gonna have all of these horrific side effects. And so she made a difficult choice to abort her baby. We're not having a conversation over whether or not she made the right choice here this morning, yeah. but she made a choice to abort her baby. They took that baby and what they, they took some of the cells from that baby and they began Actually, to- Actually the, the lung tissue specifically. Okay, yeah. yeah, the lung tissue from that baby. And they created, uh, they used that kind of condensing it, they used those cells to create the original vaccine from rubella. They then reproduced those cells and created at that time that vaccine, and I think there was about a dozen other, half a dozen it's other- Half a dozen other vaccines. Vaccines originally from those cells and one other baby that all we know in the scientific journal is that it says that that baby was, uh, was aborted. What you need to understand when you read scientific journals is that whether or not a, uh, a mom miscarries or they have an elective abortion, a scientific journal is going to call it an aborted baby. Yeah. Because in science, those are both the exact same things. Yeah. That's just what they call it. So a miscarriage in science is called an abortion. Mm -hmm. We now think of that term meaning um, meaning it being that like someone an intervention yeah someone of, yeah. It, it chose to get you know to to um, have an abortion have an abortion yeah. but in science in scientific journals that's it doesn't matter whether or not the baby was miscarried or whether or not they chose to miss or chose to abort mm -hmm. they're both going to be called the same so it's yeah. important to know when you read through scientific journals so back to the vaccination. Or vaccines. So they used those cells to create the vaccine for rubella. They also used it to create a couple other um, vaccines at that time. Since then, they no longer use those cells. That's correct. Um, that is not that is that is not how they've created vaccines. They did try to create those vaccines using other things like duck embryos and a few other things. The problem is is that other mammals carry viruses that may not be affect that may not negatively affect that mammal, but will negatively affect us. Mm -hmm. And so they were having problems finding a vaccine that wasn't going to have some other negative effect on us, and they needed human tissue to do it. Mm -hmm. Now we get into so that's the background. Currently today, none of our vaccines are created from aborted, aborted babies. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not the case. Um, if you want some more information on where we land with like Plan B, abortion, all that, we talked a bit about that actually last yes. ugly sweater. You can yep. go back through history and find it there. But um, here is where I would like to put it in the same category. Uh, if 
you know someone who's had an organ transplant, if you know someone who's had a blood transfusion, if you know someone who has cornea, transplant. um, cornea transplants, skin grafts, um, I could give you a list, a, list, a list of things. Many medical procedures, uh, advancements in medicines that we use on a day-to-day basis are used from cadavers. That is how they have created those medical advancements. Mm-hmm. Um, majority of, tra- obviously, not majority, ma- yeah, majority, because I guess kidney transplants, liver transplants, the person can be living. So majority of transplants are from cadavers. They're from people who have died. Heart transplants. Heart transplants. Yeah. We don't, when we're getting a transplant, ask, was that person murdered or not? We will accept their heart whether or not they had been murdered or not murdered right? There's, there is a purpose now in their death when we get to use their organs. And it doesn't mean that the murder was, was less horrific or that yeah. the murder was right. What it means is that there can be fruit from it. Yeah. So do I think that, um, you know, that, that aborting babies to create a vaccine is right? No, but that's not really what happened. What happened was babies were aborted and then they were used they weren't aborted For to be used. Yeah. And so those are two different things. And mm-hmm. and it's it's I know it sounds like semantics, but it's really not. When you look at the same thing as, like I said, if you are choosing to think it's okay to use a victim that had been murdered and use parts of their body so that other people can live, it is the same line of thought. It's the same um, same reasoning. And and what we do need to understand though is that current vaccines are not. Yeah. They are they are not um, made from from aborted fetuses, um, but the history is that yes, there was two babies that were used to create the original vaccines, um, and uh, and it becomes a difficult thing. It actually becomes a question that the Catholic Church actually even has a stance on mm-hmm. that that they've written out so that everyone knows. Um, but I don't think it's as morally uh, challenging as people might think it is when you look at it through that lens. Yeah. No, I think that's appropriate. And you can do a little bit more digging on that. Again, if you want to talk to us or, or request some of the citations um, regarding this question, please, you're welcome to. Um, we had to. We actually had to do a little bit of digging before we answered this as well uh, because we were very unfamiliar. I actually had never even heard of this as being a concern before uh, until uh, until I was presented with the question, uh, which then it's like, oh, very interesting. Okay, so uh, I'm going to... I'm going to dig into this a little bit. So, um, yeah, again, if you want some citations or want some more information on that subject, please communicate with us. Please talk to us Um, But uh, because we really want to walk on a journey of making sure that we are informed appropriately. Yeah, I think it's understanding that a lot of times when we're talking about these medical questions and what's right and wrong is it's not as black and white as we might think. Even, you know, we have you have the arguments over even vaccines. It's not in black and white as people might think because Mm -hmm. you are looking at not whether or not there's any side effects. What you're looking at are the side effects worth the outcome. And so it's like, it, it's it's these pieces sure. where you're talking about people's lives. You're talking about rubella was a horrific disease that was, that was having horrific effects on the whole mm. population. And so they were making difficult decisions of how do we get through this. Yeah. Very similar, right? We're yeah. in the same thing. And so it, there's no black and white answer to these questions. Yeah. There's a lot of gray and everyone trying to do the best that they can. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So number four and our final one, and this is, I think, good, especially given um, all that's going on, even the news that we see this morning. So here's the question is, what is the point of praying if the world keeps falling apart? 
What is the point of praying if the world keeps falling apart? Uh, I don't know about you, but I have my moments where, um, and just being transparent, anxiety creeps in. You know, it creeps in and you sit there and you feel almost crippled sometimes. Like, oh, I don't even know. I don't know what to think. I can't think clearly. I can't get my uh, my thoughts to even process well through my mind. Um, you know, you're, you feel that, that heart palpitation or that kind of gut turning. And you're like, man, I'm just, I'm having a hard go here. And for me, like over the last over the last year, one of the greatest gifts I would say that God has given me personally over this last year is to help me understand and know just how important prayer is. And we shared a little bit about that on This Is Life when we've talked on Thursdays. Um, we've talked about that a bit in August about um, walking through that journey of really realizing the importance of prayer. And I think that this past year, um, now more than ever, there is a need to be in prayer. Um, we find ourselves isolated in seasons. We find ourselves not being able to communicate with people the way that we would normally like to. We can't come to church and that's our safe space to give a hug or a high five or see somebody again. And, and we're, we're really, th- we've been thrust into an, an environment that is a very different for all of us than anything we've really ever understood before or been able to grapple with. And, and so we look at what goes on in the world, we look at the challenges that we're facing, we look at, um, you know, things can seem quite dismal, especially if you are watching the news and and, and stuck on social media, it can seem very challenging. And so we have to ask the question then is what is even the point of prayer if our world keeps falling apart? And so I like this. It says, Christian philosopher and scientist, by the way, Blaise Pascal, uh, and if you know anything about science, you'll understand, you'll know Pascal's theorem, and you'll be able to dig into that a little bit. So he's from 1623 to 1962, or sorry, 1662, and uh, and what's really interesting is that... That would be a long life. That would be a very long <laughs> life, uh, yeah. Uh, what's interesting is that is there's many of these early pioneers of science that had profound faith, uh, and they were incredibly enamored with God, and that was what actually propelled their scientific careers to understand the mysteries of God's creation. And so the vast majority of our early scientists um, are, were believers. And so Pascal says this, the heart has its reasons of which reason knows nothing. He's talking about prayer. The heart has its reasons of which reason knows nothing. What's the point of prayer? Well, here's the deal. It might not seem like it makes sense to stop everything you're doing and take a moment of pause and talk to God or to simply sit in his presence and unwind a little bit. It might not make any sense at all, but there's something that your heart needs that we can't quantify. I've talked about the state of the heart before, and we we know our heart as our beating thing inside of our chest, but when we see heart talked about in the scriptures, it's talking about the cardia, the innermost part of our being, perhaps even our soul or our spirit. And there is something that we need internally when it comes to connecting with our creator. And every single person on the face of the earth experiences this. Some of us do a good job at hiding it, Some of us do a very good job of being distracted from it. But the reality is, is we have something imprinted on our soul, our cardia, the innermost part of our being that requires a connection with what's beyond us and beyond what we can quantify, beyond what we can experience or even give account for. And when Pascal says that the heart has its reasons of which reason knows nothing, he's talking about the fact that we need to commune with God. Prayer is transformative. Prayer changes life. Prayer changes our circumstances even when our surroundings don't seem to change. Prayer changes our outlook. And prayer takes us from being in a state of hopelessness to hopefulness. 
And in this season that we find ourselves in, I would say that there is or has rarely been a time, even in our lives, where prayer has been more important than it is today. And you might think that prayer can't affect anything. And I'm sure because we can't quantify it, for many it seems like nonsense. But I know, and if you're honest with yourself, I know that your soul yearns for something beyond you. It does. Your soul yearns for something more. We often find ourselves asking the question, can there possibly be more to life than this? And when we look up at the stars on a black night and see the depth of space, we wonder there has to be something more. Prayer opens up that which we yearn for. It's the door, the gateway to going beyond what we can quantify. And it sounds wild to say it, but it's amazing. And prayer is your time of centering. It's actually your time of releasing what you feel that you can contribute. And it's actually an embracing of who God is. Because who God is is far beyond anything that we can bring to the table. And and if we look at the life of Jesus, he spent most of his ministry escaping from the crowds, going to the quiet places, and sitting in a time of prayer. Often we don't do that. We fill ourselves with more busyness. We fill ourselves with more coffee. We fill ourselves with more conversations. We fill ourselves with more pot. And we don't, don't take that time to stop and rest in the presence of God and experience that transformation. Yeah, I think that's really good is that there's more than one case uh, or more than one reason for prayer. We think of prayer as just being our requests before God, like we're asking him for our lists. And those are important. Scripture talks about that actually influencing um, the eternal. It influences what happens in the eternal. It influences what happens in our world. We don't have to understand it. It goes back to the same thing of understanding God's sovereignty and our free will. This is probably not going to be something we ever understand the gravity of. Mm. But there's different types of prayer. We see David's prayer all the way through the Psalms being his aligning his heart to God. It starts with this, like, God, why have you forgotten me? Why have you forsaken me? Why don't you love me? Why don't you care for me? Everyone's just coming to destroy me. I don't know what's going on. And by the end of his prayer, he's saying, but I choose to just rest in your unfailing love. Mm -hmm. I choose to just put my life in your hands. That there is this communion with God that happens when Um, when we pray, that aligns our hearts back to God, that actually brings to light. Paul writes in Philippians, he says this. He Mm. says, I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yeah. What, what he's saying is, is that my aligning, my communion, communing with God brings everything to alignment where I realize I can be content no matter what's happening around me yeah. because of who God is and because of my promise for eternity. It's true. It's so true. And I think, like, if I, if I can only speak from my experiences, I would say that this last year has been a journey of, of like, an overarching recognition that prayer is actually important and prayer changes things. So why pray even though the world is falling apart? Well, Jesus hasn't returned yet. And so, I mean, we, we need Jesus to return. We need our Savior. He's not sitting on his throne. Our world is actually, uh, you know, in 
being influenced and affected by the enemy, by Satan. Uh, it's not God's domain. It's not the domain of Jesus yet. Jesus hasn't returned. He's not sitting on his throne yet. So in this season where, where we are desperately in need of Jesus, now more than ever, we can experience his presence through a life of prayer. And, and there's something precious about that. And so this season, especially as we go into Christmas break and, and uh, you know, the hustle and the bustle of the season isn't what it used to be, I would really encourage you to stop and to take pause. And, and you might think it's a little bit weird. You might think you're strange, or maybe your spouse is going to look at you funny. Uh, I, I know I'm sure many people have looked at me weird as I'm driving down the street because sometimes my prayer time is quite uh, interesting as I'm praying while I'm driving. I, I, I go through some stuff there. But I would encourage you to find those safe spaces. Find those spots. And it actually talks about be going into your prayer room, your prayer closet, or in your bedroom at night. It talks about that in the Bible, of going and finding that quiet space, getting on your knees. That's a posture of surrender and submission. Getting on your knees, closing your eyes, and talking to God. And, it, and if you're not used to that, if that's just not your wheelhouse or not something you've grown up with, I, I want to let you know that it's actually very simple and you can take a chance at it. You can try it out free of charge. won't cost you nothing. Money back guarantee. You can take a moment, even today, and find a quiet place and just say, okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm new at this. Uh, my, my name's James. Uh, and you don't, you don't say that. And, and just say, hey, you know what? Um, I, I, I think, think he knows your name is James. <laughs> I, think I, I, think I, need to, I think I need to talk to you, but I don't know about what. I, I'm feeling a little hurt. I, I'm feeling a little scared. Uh, I'm actually concerned about the world. I, I'm afraid of things. I don't know what to do, but I know that I need help. Can you please help me? And, and, I, and then take note of that, and then watch how the rest of your day or your week unfolds. And I think you'll realize that no matter how bad you thought it was going to be, you've made it through the other side, and you can stop and thank God. Say, God, thanks for taking me through this. It wasn't easy. There were some challenges. But thank you for letting me make it through this week. And, and, and I really encourage you to, to join in the gift that God has given us, which is prayer, to communicate with him, to experience him, to get to know him, and to avail our lives to him. Yeah, I, as we end there, I just want to say, yeah, that really is the reason why we celebrate Christmas mm. is, you know, Christ, this gift given to us so that that relationship can be restored, yeah. that we can have access to God. And what a beautiful gift to celebrate. Yeah. So on that, that is our four questions for you today. Yeah. And we only went 23 minutes over. Oh, we're good. <laughs> we're good. We're, we're good. Great. Um, it's good. Uh, so remind you, send in your Merry Christmas video today, just saying Merry Christmas from your family to the rest of the church family, and join us Christmas Eve, 6 o'clock. Um, you'll see us, and we will uh, be with you yeah. um, on Christmas Eve. If yeah. we don't you know, see you, hear from you, Merry Christmas. I hope you have a fantastic week, really reminding why we celebrate, reminding Absolutely. yourselves why we celebrate. Let's close with a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have allowed us to gather together uh, in all sorts of ways and circumstances. We thank you that we have an opportunity to um, be a part of your church globally. We thank you that we have opportunity to be a part of uh, your work in our community and abroad. And Lord, we thank you that you have died for us. You have restored us. You no longer count our mess against us. And you invite us on a journey of new life because of your lasting work. Father, we also just ask that you uh, minister to hearts and lives this morning. And, and Lord, we just we come before you and say, if there's anything that, that has come out of this service that is not of you, we just ask that you wipe those things away. We want to only focus on you this morning and trust in you this morning. Be with each person this week as we 
prepare uh, and get ready for the celebration and remembrance of your birth. And, uh, and uh, Lord, start affecting our hearts to be those that are in a place of prayer and reflection upon you as we trust in you and journey with you through the adventures ahead. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week, and we are excited to see you Merry on Christmas. Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. God bless.